Greetings, adventurers. Today we're excited to introduce you to a new story, Dark Dice, a horror podcast that blurs the line between actual play and audio drama, where the story is determined by the roll of the dice. Six adventurers embark on a journey into the ruinous domain of the Nameless God. They will never be the same again. One of the players is now what they seem after a doppelganger, a creature that can assume the form and voice of whatever it kills, infiltrates the team. As the players are picked off and replaced one at a time, can they figure out who the monster is before it's too late? Can you? Here's a quick example of what our show sounds like. The, uh, shambler with the jar of liquid inside of him. Soren Arkwright let loose an arrow that cracked the glass, passing through the spine of the creature. The shambler still managed to maintain its forward momentum, but stumbled as it eagerly tried to bite and swipe at Soren, landing near his feet. As Jeff Goldblum has now joined our cast, Dark Dice is available however you listen to podcasts. What's up, everyone? It's Noah Daniels. Due to all the craziness with the coronavirus, we wanted to release a fun episode celebrating Ireland and St. Patrick's Day. We'll return to our normal scheduled programming next week with part two of Maria's episode on Monday. Till then, keep it spooky. What's up, everybody? This is Noah Daniels, and we're here for a very special episode of the Real Hauntings podcast. A top of the morning to you. Oh, that we are, folks. <laughs> this is uh, JJ McCrable. And uh, Catherine Clark. My last name is already there so <laughs> and now every irish person listening to this hates us yeah we do have like a decent following in ireland so oh, I, i'm no. curious to see oh, what they think we're so sorry oh, ireland don't you mean ireland okay well cat is still doing it but i'm sorry off to capture the butterflies i'm so sorry is that a thing that is that like the no irish there's another saying that okay so shocking but we do improv so when i was working on dialects once someone was like say this phrase and i did it and i forget it but is once also the total number of times that you've worked on dialects <laughs> oh i'm also really bad at it though, yeah i so. don't even do it I, I stay away from it i did hear i did hear that ireland is like at the tip of your tongue and scotland's on the back of your throat that was pretty good okay so i take back what i said about dialects in you in me, but also and, and you but also if you ever catch me on stage doing any accent it will revert to Irish or Scottish at some point I always or hear. sound Jamaican and everyone will no. be very offended yeah that one's no, no 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 I never okay I never do that on purpose it just happened once I I promise you do a great Canadian accent though no 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 so, no I don't no sorry <laughs> sorry no well, no, no, yeah, yeah, yeah. Now no, we've offended not. the three major international <laughs> markets that listen to our podcast. <laughs> well, if you haven't figured it out by now, we're doing some Irish accents and some others because it's St. Patrick's Day. Yeah, guys. Happy St. Patrick's Day. Or are close we, to it. Are we releasing this on St. Patrick's It'll Day? It'll be the Monday of that week. What wow. day is St. Patrick's it's Day? It's on Tuesday. Okay. Close well, enough. But, well, some of you, it, you may be listening to this on St. Well, Patrick's Day. Well, because at first Patrick's I thought it was Eve. Monday, so I was like, wow. <laughs> it's literally on the day we release episodes, but it's not. It's on a Tuesday. People probably start drinking on Monday for St. Patrick's Day, so yeah. celebrate with us as we celebrate with you. <laughs> so, guys, we thought it would be fun for St. Patrick's Day to bring you some haunted stories from Ireland. Mm-hmm. And there are a lot. Yeah. When I was searching, it was like the most haunted place on the planet. Yeah, seems like it. I guess a lot of people 
died there. I think it's because a lot of their history still exists. I mean, a lot of people have died everywhere. <laughs> That's true. Where there are people. Hashtag coronavirus. Oh, God. <laughs> no. <laughs> I'm so sorry. I don't know what's happening to me. Guys, Kat's the reason that there's no more toilet paper left. She has gone out in Atlanta and bought up all the toilet paper. I now. <laughs> We're going to have to start using leaves soon. Thanks, Catherine. We should, You're welcome. We should Things in, are healthy. We should invest in bidets that would seem like that would solve a lot of these problems mm. you could wash your hands and your butt at the same time yeah. is that how that works i don't i've never used a bidet apparently they feel great on your tush if uh listeners if you have a bidet and you have opinions please email those opinions at real hauntings podcast at gmail.com you always look at me when you say that like you're gonna forget the email address <laughs> uh, i'm just looking for your affirmation no well you always have that thank you wow i'll leave cat <laughs> you have my affirmation too i don't know what it's worth but you guys have it cool well we've got three irish ghost stories for your listening pleasure okay saint patrick's day related let's not go well well oh okay well well, so well. Yours, is, yours is not irish cat I, I mean it probably could be <laughs> okay it'll be great well mine's not saint patrick's day related other than the fact that it's from ireland <laughs> say okay perfect here's some weird stories for y'all <laughs> all right well i guess i can start um i had a lot of fun kind of looking into the haunted history of Ireland and really had a hard time picking what ghost story to tell. But there was one that caught my eye as I was perusing Google when it said that this was the first recorded witch trial in the history of the world. Ooh. And anytime somebody claims it's the first of the history of the world, you got my interest at least enough for me to say it's bullshit. And yeah. it didn't happen. Like when you the- see like a first Church of Christ, <laughs> I'm pretty sure there have been previous churches worshiping Christ patient before that first church of Christ that you see on the side of the road patient zero of Christ worship I guess so it's like why are you in America then okay that doesn't make sense <laughs> anyways I digress well so my story is about the town of and you guys are just gonna have to give me a little bit of uh, faith here with these pronunciations pronunciations wow that's not even how you pronounce pronunciation you guys are gonna have to give me some room on pronouncing the names of these peoples and towns we're on a great roll so far jesus christ how many what is it genesis no packs of pickled peppers did peter pepper pick Okay, I'm sorry. Three. Um, I'm not sorry. Oh, my God. Uh, So I, uh, my story was about the town of Kilkenny. Um, It's known as the Marble City due to its embracing on the past, modern living, and its medieval core. And I should also state that the website I use to research this, oldmoorsalmanac.com. So you guys can check that out for some ghost history. People start out their haunting tours there on John's Bridge. And you may be thinking, why would somebody go to a bridge to see ghosts? I bet people jumped off of the bridge. Is that... Not voluntarily. Oh. Yeah. So, like most of the ghost stories in Kilkenny, this one is based on a historic tragedy. The bridge was first built in or around 1200. It's pretty old. And has since been rebuilt many times. During the flood of 1763, people gathered on the bridge to observe the collapse of Greens Bridge, which is a neighboring bridge that you can see from 
John's Bridge, or as they stood from John's Bridge watching Green's Bridge, the bridge they were standing on collapsed. 16 people died as a result from the collapsing bridge. To this day, locals and visitors claim to see ghostly shapes leaning on the wall of the new John's Bridge, gazing in the direction of Green's Bridge. Whoa. Which I'd have to say, like, uh, one of my, I don't have a ton of, like, quote unquote fears or phobias. One fear I do have is, like, when I'm driving over a bridge that has a giant body of water, like an ocean or something. yeah. I get like this this weird sensation of my car flying off the bridge and sinking into like the dark water. Um, so standing on a bridge and having it collapse and you falling into a, some water and dying, I think would be a pretty horrific way to go. Yeah, for sure. But at least you're in Ireland. Yeah. <laughs> Happy St. Patrick's you're going Day. Down, you're like, man, it's so green here. <laughs> also, like, what a bummer to be watching another bridge being like, ah, that sucks. Look at those people on that bridge. And then you collapse and die. Yeah, really. Oof, bridges. I get terrified at like theme parks when you're standing on those bridges, specifically for people that want to watch the big splash roller coasters. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. I feel like my life flashes before my eyes. That's not the same as, like, these people. No, it's it's completely the same. You're scared of being splashed and they die. it's like a lot of water. You know what? Funny you say that. When I was a kid, I think I was, like, 12. It was back when it was okay just to, like, leave your kids in public before people started fearing them being just kidnapped. My parents took me to Dolly's World. Dollywood. Uh, Dollywood. Dollywood. Dolly's World. <laughs> that sounds like something. They're, they're not a sponsor. <laughs> no. So they took they took me to Dollywood. It's literally and Dolly Parton's place. It was really cool. One. Two, they had like a log ride, you know, where it splashes yeah. the same, rescued, same thing. Rescued injured eagles there. Okay, I don't remember giant birds, but I'll oh. take your word for it. Yeah. Um, but my parents tried to get me to go on the ride and I wouldn't do it. And they got really fed up with me. And so they just went and rode the ride and left me on that bridge by myself to watch them go under. How old were you? You said 12? I was like 12. Yeah. Nobody would do that now. You just wouldn't have a kid when you came back. You'd just be gone. Party yeah. pooper. So, your name is Noah. Yeah. Well, you know, I, I take a hard stance when it comes to log rides. I enjoy that stuff now, but as a kid, I wasn't quite so adventurous. You know? That's fair. Yeah. That's scary fair. stuff, guys. I would have stayed with you on the bridge. All well, right. Thanks. Story. <laughs> so um, we talked about the Kilkenny Bridge, and that's kind of horrifying. But that's not why we're here. The reason we're in Kilkenny is to talk about... The first ever recorded witch trial in the world. Witchy. So Kilkenny is also home to a beautiful historic castle known as Kilkenny's Castle. Very original. The castle dates back in one form or another to 1195. One interesting fact about the castle currently has an electric counter to keep track of how many people visit the castle daily. Without explanation, the counter continues to count at night when there's no visitors. And a lot of times when the people who do the tourism there come back, the counting has gone up by over 100 numbers. We So, like, how many people would probably be in one of these tour groups? I mean, not 100. My guess right? is in a, in a busy day, they probably see 100 people, right, maybe? 100, 150 people at a castle in Ireland. Mm-hmm. Total. All day. I'd say separate groups, like 15, 20. I don't know, Kat, how many people were in that ghost tour you did uh, when you were in England? It was Scotland. Oh, Scotland. <laughs> <laughs> Ugh, 
Oh, uh, I mean, probably you could get up to like 20 yeah, to 30, like but 20, 30. it was probably like 15. So, and, and the article says that this is like advanced metric counting machine they have. So that's kind of a, you know, it's probably just a janky machine, but interesting ghost fact nonetheless. You know? Yeah, it seems odd to me that a machine designed to count physical people would also just by coincidence happen to be able count ghosts <laughs> like i feel like there has to be a different explanation but it is kind of weird well and the beauty of it being an article and a story we can't ask any questions <laughs> so yes. we're just stuck with what they put um so the castle is best known for its story of dame alice Kyteller. JJ, how would you say that? K-Y-T-E-L-E-R. Kyteller, I guess. Kyteller. Okay, well, from here forth, I shall call her Dame Alice because I think that's a pretty kick-ass name to yeah, have. Yeah, for sure. I mean, you put Dame in front of any name. Yeah, pretty great. Kick-ass. Dame JJ, I go for that. Thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. Appreciate it. So the most famous story is her and the witch trial um, which took place because of her. This is the first recorded witch trial in the history of the world. Dame Alice was a noble woman who went on to marry four times following the suspicious death of her first three husbands. So also maybe a early serial killer because she's killed three people. That's enough to be a serial killer. Of her husbands. Of her husbands. Hashtag gold. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So her fourth husband, who after falling ill, suspected her of poisoning him. (gasps) Following his death. So now she's killed four husbands. Uh, All of the children from... (laughs) All of the previous marriages came together and were like, hey, stop this shit. She's killing all these men. They're all dead. None of us have a father anymore. So this got everybody kind of in an upheaval about Dame Alice. They accused her of sorcery against their fathers. She was accused of denying the faith, sacrificing animals to demons, and blasphemy. You know, whenever you get accused of blasphemy back in like the 1200s, Not a good look. You know, they took that stuff pretty serious back then. So she was tried at Kilkenny Castle before the bishop in 1324. Her servant, Petronilia. That sounds like like the new mascot for some oil company. I was going to say like a new fancy hand sanitizer that's come along now that we have the coronavirus. Yeah, there we go. Petrolinia. The name's going to change every time you say it. (laughs) Listeners, just try to keep up with us. Okay. Her servant confessed to witchcraft and implicated Dame Alice. Dame Alice fled the castle to save her life. Some believe that she escaped to the UK. There's no record of her after 1324. Her servant, Petronilia, was flogged and burned at the stake, many believe as a scapegoat for the witch hunt. She became the first person in Ireland to be burned at the stake for witchcraft. She vowed her revenge on everyone as she awaited her fate at the stake. Now, this is kind of an interesting tidbit that the author of the website throws in. I think it's kind of a loose connection, but interesting nonetheless. So the area where they burned her at the stake, they built a fast food restaurant over. And in 2009, it burned to the ground. Oh. 2009? Yeah, she waited from 1324 to 2009 to extract her revenge. I get it. That was a tough year. <laughs> she was in it for the long game. <laughs> she really hates fast food. I want to know what fast food chain it was. I know. I couldn't find um, what fast food chain it was. but um, So the restaurant burned to the ground. The Kiteller's house, 
is now a popular pub and visitors claim to see a sinister female apparition on occasions. Ooh. And there's a big debate whether the female that's being seen is Dame Alice or if it's um, Petronilia, uh, the servant. I would, I mean, not that I believe it's either, but I would venture to guess... It's probably the person who took the fall and got burned at yeah, the stake. Yeah, I'm guessing it's the one who was burned alive. That's Not the rich you. lady who <laughs> ran off and got away with and it. And probably killed more husbands as she yeah. is she on her way. I wonder what... So, so Petronella confessed to witchcraft, right? But it sounds like Dame Alice was killing her husbands by just poisoning their food, which yeah. doesn't necessarily take witchcraft. So I wonder what Petronella actually did. Well, so that's a good point. I'm glad you raised that because I left this out. So they actually tortured her to get that information out of oh, her. Oh, so it was a forced confession. Yeah, absolutely. So she probably did not do anything. Yeah, no. No, I think These she... These are my confessions. <laughs> I am a witch. <laughs> I would love to be a witch. You can be. Okay. Apparently, you just need to make sexy poses on Instagram and sell crystals. That's how you become a witch? <laughs> In the, that's from, from our Instagram feed. That's what I see from the witches that follow us. Oh, we're going to get Instagram <laughs> curses on us. You're demeaning our witch followers. We're going to get unfollowed and some hexes. Last time I did this, we got like a nine-page email from somebody. <laughs> Oh yeah, when uh, when JJ and I first started dating, shocking. <laughs> Whoa, spoiler! spoiler. Uh, his brother convinced his parents that I was Wiccan, and just for no reason, for just no, for fun, just behind <laughs> casually. Oh yeah, she was a Wiccan, and uh, they believed it until he was corrected himself. Oh my gosh! Well, it's funny that you say that you guys are dating because I guess we've hinted at it or kind of vaguely talked about it on the podcast. But at some point, we made it more clear. And Andy, um, who was on our podcast that talked about the sleep paralysis, he texted me the day that episode came out, and he was like, "Cat and JJ are dating." <laughs> what big reveal! Everybody, <laughs> this is it. The St. Patrick. Well, that's hey, St. Patrick's Day is like the day after our anniversary uh -oh. that we started dating, and oh, it'll yeah. be. Wow, so you have a birthday and an anniversary so close together. Look at you. I mean... Yeah, it's an expensive couple weeks. <laughs> <laughs> Is it? Why? What'd you get? Well, Did you get me something? <gasps> Do I have to get you something? I mean, not for your birthday. What? Oh, for your... Not oh. right. Well, okay, we digress. Anyways, <laughs> guys. We just broke up. <laughs> Tune in next time. Uh. <laughs> so comfortable talking about my personal life. <laughs> Love is not lying. So the last fact that, or the last story we have, um, this was kind of interesting because it ties into Henry VIII. Um, locals tell stories. Which for those who don't know. The guy who like killed a bunch of his wives. Yeah, so there's a little bit of a theme here, yeah, right? Spouses sure. be dying. That's yeah. that's the theme of of this little story. But so locals tell stories of the castle's white lady, who people believe to be Margaret Butler, who was the paternal grandmother of Anne Boylan, the second wife of King Henry the Eighth. Boylan. <laughs> Boylan. Locals claim that she can be seen roaming the garden and riverbanks below. Per the internet, there is a photo of her hanging out around the castle in 2010, taken by two random teenagers in Ireland. So do with that what you shall. Were you able to find the photo? 
Uh, yeah, it was real cool. It sounds super convincing. <laughs> no, I didn't look, but <laughs> if any of our listeners can find it and want to send it to us, that would be great. Yeah, yeah. Um, post it to Instagram and tag us. Actually, you know what? I'll just pull it up right now. This will take one second. Um, okay, well, those are all paintings. So. Yeah, <laughs> I don't see a picture. Uh, I would assume if there was actually like a clear picture of a ghost that it would probably be the first result yeah i'm not i'm seeing a bunch of shenanigans on google so ireland with your shenanigans what's going on y'all send us the picture um so yeah that's my story i the things i really found fascinating about this one was one we've got the first uh you know witch trial that's recorded in history but two this lady was a serial killer like that's what i would have led with in the story Mm. for sure you know and she got away with it. And she got away with it. And she was some innocent servant girl. Yeah, really took got tortured and then burned to death. She got flogged and burned. I hope ghosts are real so that she can exact her revenge yeah. on those dum dums. Yeah. Yeah. Those yeah. dum dums. As now we travel further into the depths of St. Patty's Day. Yes, yes. Okay. So guys. I and gals and ga- and gals right y'all y'all um so i am gonna go a little folklore it's not like super folklore it's more just like the situation with gnomes mm. do you guys know mm. about gnomes i only know about the little garden gnome statues Okay. Well, I remember the ones from Harry Potter. They were kind of mean, though. Yeah, didn't they, like, bite people? Yeah, it was kind something? of a weird relationship humans had with them because they would, like, run them over with lawnmowers. And I'm like, don't oh, yeah, they have, they like, little souls? Like, they were kind of like garden pests, Yeah, right? yeah. Yeah, well, that's what you do with garden pests. You know, in Harry Potter, they don't really treat the less thans that great. <laughs> yeah, no, they don't. The wizarding world is not woke, y'all. So if you were to just, like, look up what a gnome is... They say, like, a small garden ornament in the form of a bearded man with a pointed hat, a legendary dwarfish, dwarfish creature supposed to guard the Earth's treasure. A dorkfish? Dwarf. Dwarfish? Dwarfish. Uh, dwarfish. Dwarfish. Are we allowed to say that? Is that a... We're talking about a gnome and a dwarf, or the real ones. Okay. So the folklore of it um, is that uh, dwarfs... Subterranean goblins are earth spirits who guard mines of precious treasures hidden in the earth. They're represented in medieval mythologies as a small, physically deformed, usually hunchbacked creature resembling a dry, gnarled old man. Gnarled. <laughs> um. So, I was like, do people today still, like, think or see gnomes? Like, I always just thought it was... So unbelievably, like un unbelievable. unbelievable. It's are gnomes kind of like Keebler elves? Is that kind of the same thing? I don't know. Because uh, they had beards, right? And they were made cookies. So <laughs> <laughs> I don't. Uh, maybe those might be more like elves. Oh, because it's in the name Keebler elves. Oh yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. So I have two short stories about people seeing gnomes that I found on Reddit, and they were all posted within the past couple of months. I tried to reach out to a few of these people and have not heard back, probably because <laughs> I'm a crazy lady from the internet. Um, okay. So this is written. They deleted their username. 
Um, basically, it's a girl in high school, and uh, her friend had to leave school her senior year because um, her mom was ill and needed extra uh, care at home. Um, or no, this is senior year of college. So sorry. Now, is this for folklore, or is this supposed to be true? So... I brought up the folklore part because of the significance of gnomes. And then I searched people in today's time that say they still see gnomes. Okay, gotcha. And are gnomes, are gnomes like a part of Irish folklore? Or? It just it said European, so I think kind of all over the place. Oh, okay. <laughs> I mean, I think it, it differs. I considered talking about fairies, which is Ireland and Scotland, um, because people claim to still see fairies today. But that might be another episode because I might have someone... Who can come on and talk about it? Ooh. Ooh. Okay, so this is... All right. So on a night... All right, let's see. Where am I supposed to start this? Okay. So the girl, let's call her Linda. Okay. Linda left school her senior year because her mom was sick. She got a job working at the front desk of a small hotel, and she had a night shift. She said a very polite man checked in for a week-long stay on business. He was extremely respectful, um, after a few nights, only talked a little bit, said hello. Then they ended up having a long and engaging conversation for, um, you know, throughout the week. So on a night close to, to the end of his stay, he asked if she wanted to go to dinner with him. She agreed. She was excited to go, like, you know, have a have more of a conversation with this guy. They had a great time. He gave her a ride home and uh, opening her door and walked her up to her home. And so they stopped and turned towards each other. They were on the front lawn, not far from the door. He was being such a gentleman, keeping a respectful distance. Um, The light on the front porch was on. The front lawn was illuminated by the lights. Everything felt safe. Um, Linda was enjoying a positive connection with a very kind person, though he wasn't even hinting at asking to come in. Uh, she She was tempted to invite him in for coffee you know, and to continue the date or whatever. A movement in the yard caught her eye and she looked over to the picnic table that sat nearby and there were three gnomes there. Two stood at the base of the table and one sat in the crook of the cross base, swinging his feet lightly. She said they looked exactly as they are so commonly depicted, wearing clothing and droopy caps and having beards. The one sitting looked right at her... The one, the one sitting looked right at her and shook his head. No. Can I restate um, that? <laughs> no. no. <laughs> okay. Um, uh, the one sitting looked right at her and shook his head no quite a few times. They all looked very serious. So Tracy thanked the man for the evening, went inside. They parted ways. She locked the door. He drove away. Um, and she went to bed wondering what the heck did she just see? Um, so when she returned to work the next day, a coworker came over to her looking really alarmed and was like, Linda, did you hear about that guest? Um, the, the man that was here all week, he was, you know, the one that spoke every now and then, etc. Um, and Linda said she hadn't heard anything. So the coworker, you know, came in closer and said something to the effect of, I know you were friendly with each other, so this is going to be a shock. But apparently that guy has killed a few women. Um, he's been tracked to this hotel. They picked what? him up this morning by cops and FBI. That's basically the end of the story. So the gnomes, <laughs> were the gnomes warning her about the guy she was with? <laughs> Is that why they were saying no? That's the gist of this, of wow. the, what I got from the story. Okay. Shouldn't she have been more 
concerned about the fact that she just saw gnomes talking to her. Like, I guess so. But here's the thing. I am reading this from Reddit, and I'm reading it from the friend of this girl. Well, if it's on Reddit, it must be true, right? <laughs> okay. I, famous, exactly. I famously believed that lobsters were immortal because I read a headline on Reddit once and then went back and told people that were much smarter than me that it's a tragedy that we eat these immortal gods of the sea and they told me I was an idiot and looked it up on Wikipedia and it was like a common misnomer once posted on Reddit lobsters are not <laughs> immortal Reddit and, you let us down and the other one was so short it was just this guy staying at his friend Chris's house they were jamming like in the garage <laughs> it literally says that it, wait no 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 banging on a trash can it says <laughs> <laughs> we jammed and jammed and eventually called it a day. <laughs> Anyways, so I was waiting for my brother to call and tell me he was outside because he was picking me up. Um, and when he did, I went outside, had to walk a few blocks to meet him because it was a townhouse with like an entry gate. And as I was walking and talking to my brother on the phone, um, I paused because I was in shock. I saw a one foot little man wearing a pointy dark red hat creeping around the houses. I squinted my eyes and saw that it had stopped. It started moving its head left and right until it made eye contact with me. I raised my phone to talk to my brother. Johnny, you are not going to believe what I'm looking at. I don't know if what I did was bad or good thing because when I said that, the call dropped. Um, and I looked at my phone for a mere second or two. And when I looked back up, it was gone. So... There's a lot of stories like that out there. Yeah. Um, JJ, one to ten. <laughs> <laughs> How much of a gnome believer? JJ's like, uh-huh, zero. Cool. Zero. <laughs> I just think it's fun and interesting. That okay, I will. I do like that there is a Reddit thread about yeah. real gnomes. And I will say, like, if you gave me the choice to make ghosts or gnomes real, I would make gnomes real. That sounds awesome. Kind of fun. Yeah. Like. Yeah. But, like, how humanized are... Do we have to give them, like, the right to vote? Or, like, what a gnome's... Are wow, they? you sound like one of those Harry Potter wizards. <laughs> Damn it. I want to extend equal rights to other magical beings. <laughs> I'm going to cut that out of the podcast. <laughs> you better not. All right, y'all. Get ready to have... JJ's done with the gnome talk. <laughs> yeah, just... I know. I'm My done with the gnome talk. I really enjoyed the I'm gnomes. I'm done with it. With these gnomes. Oh, my I'm ready to get into some real crazy shit about Leap Castle. Alright? This is the most haunted <laughs> castle in Ireland and it's it's some crazy stuff. This castle, Leap Castle, it was the stronghold of the O'Carroll clan. Alright? O'Carrolls! One of the really, uh, really powerful clans back in the day before England came and you know did their whole little conquest of ireland oh do, do they not get along with the english they did not get along with the english at all and i will get into that um when well, I, I noticed on love island there are no there are no irish people on there i wonder if that's i why. have not seen that show so i don't know <laughs> Um, but so, uh, so this castle was built in 1532. It was, uh, construction was completed by the clan chieftain Mulroney O'Carroll. All right. Now Mulroney, he, oh, I'm sorry. 
it was okay the castle was completed before 1532 because mulroney died in 1532 did he sell the ocean blue um no he did not sell the ocean blue he died in 1532 (laughs) and after he died there was this huge uh power vacuum in the mulroney clan a bunch of uh sons and cousins and illegitimate children were fighting over um who would be the new clan chieftain and it got really bloody and this conflict lasted for about a hundred years um one of the most brutal things um in this clan was uh you have uh these two brothers right one of these brothers is a priest um and this uh the priest brother is uh you know uh conducting mass in the castle's chapel um and he starts the mass before the other brother was there and this really pissed off the brother who was late to mass all right so he walks in sees that mass is already going on and he just walks up to the priest and he stabs him with his sword and just kills him right there in front of the rest of the family in the middle of mass so imagine being late for church and being so mad that you're late that you just go up and kill the priest or the minister or whoever in the middle of church because that's what happened that's a real castle that that sounds like that movie with the two guys goodfellas and the, and the cross and they're the exorcist uh, they're like mobsters or they're irish or mm, oh uh uh the new one i watched on saint patrick's day with my girl Brittany. <laughs> if she's listening um and she was like we gotta watch this and i don't remember it so this has been fun that's a great story wait <laughs> you know keep going i'm gonna okay. look it up so it, it sounds like game of thrones to me all the, yeah. the fighting over well that's the a like power that's a real power move just to walk up oh, and yeah like what are you gonna do about it right right yeah um so the boondock anyways. saints oh i love boondock saints oh, yeah. okay. get at me all right uh. so anyways boondock saints happened and then uh so this conflict had been going on for about 100 years and then eventually the english you know took it over so so oliver cromwell he was a general in the british army and then he like became he like overthrew the king in like the english civil war at some point i don't know if this happened before or after the civil war but he led a siege throughout ireland during that siege he started confiscating some of the land away from all of the irish catholics because oliver cromwell was like a like real douchey puritan okay he was not a fun guy um so he uh so uh he took uh leap castle away from the um o'carroll clan and he gave it to his buddy who was a soldier in the irish siege um the the darby family the okay. Darbys. The Darby. They were they were English. They were not Irish. Oh. Um, and so the Darby family now had this uh, castle. This was in 1659. And then the next thing that really happens in this whole castle story is in 1900. So a lot of time has passed. The Darby family still are inhabiting Leap Castle. And there's Jonathan Darby and his wife Mildred, or Millie, as she was familiarly called. Oh, man. Millie is such a better thing to be called than Mildred. Yeah, I also love sure. that name. Mildred? 
Well, Millie. Oh, yeah, me too. Yeah, Millie's a pretty name. A Millie, a Millie. You know what? A Millie, a Millie, a Millie. Millie was a fun lady, okay? Her husband was kind of, he was not so fun, but Millie, like, was really into the occult. She was an occultist. Um, she wrote uh, she wrote books under the pseudonym of Andrew Mary, hmm. uh, which I'll get into that later. But so <laughs> wow, someone's got the hots for Millie. <laughs> so so Jonathan and Millie, they're um, they're doing like some renovations in the castle, right? Well, they have workers doing renovations because you know they're rich, fancy people. They don't do that shit. Um, the year's nineteen hundred. And some workers, during the course of the renovations, they're working in the chapel where the same chapel where this brother had been killed. This chapel, by the way, is now called the Bloody Chapel. All right. Oh. That's what it's referred to as. They're working in the chapel and they discover a trap door or an oubliette, which I learned comes from the French word for forgotten. Isn't hmm. that fun? Congratulations. Um, so they open up the trap door, the oubliette, and underneath is uh, a chamber with just a ridiculous amount of human skeletons impaled on wooden stakes. All right. They something like 150 skeletons were there and they took all these skeletons out. It took them three cartloads to get all of these skeletons out of there. So these were probably enemies of um, of the O'Carroll clan. There's legends about um, the O'Carrolls hiring uh, mercenaries from other clans to go do their uh, dirty work. And then, you know, once they do the deed and they throw a, a big celebration feast for these mercenaries um, to give them their reward. And, you know, they're like, come, come party with us and then get your payment. And then they get them real drunk and then they, they just slaughter them. They oh, split no. it there throats and threw their bodies down in this oubliette. It really is like Game of Thrones. Right? It's just like Game of Thrones. Um, so lots of crazy stuff going on. Now, after the renovations, strange things start happening in the castle. Alright, so some people think um, you know, it's because they disturbed these bodies that that kind of stirred some stuff up. Other people think that Millie as an occultist, um, was performing some seances in the castle. Uh, and her husband's like a very, very, you know, conservative, straight collar, religious guy. He does not approve of Mildred doing this stuff. And for our listeners that don't know what an occultist is, why don't you explain that to them? Uh, an occultist is basically anyone who, from my understanding, who's into the supernatural. I think it was okay. like a really popular thing in like kind of the late 1800s and early 1900s. So they would perform seances. They would like play with Ouija boards, tarot cards cards um so like would half, be really into astrology that like kind of thing half the guests we have on our podcast exactly <laughs> okay, gotcha. right they are pretty much all occultists <laughs> um so millie's doing these seances and summoning these spirits and so there she starts taking note of some of these sightings so she claims to have seen um a lady dressed all in red holding a knife uh, she claims to have seen a banshee. She claims to have seen a, a priest, right? Like the priest that got murdered by his brother. 
Um, what's really weird is there, there's this light that's been reported to uh, occur in the chapel uh, that doesn't have any source. Just, you know, at, at night, every now and then, the chapel's just lit up. And they don't know what's going on. And even to this day, people still claim that they will walk by the castle and see the chapel lit up and they don't know what's going oh, on. Oh, with nobody in it and it still just turns on. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Maybe it's the gnomes. Or yeah. emergency lights, like all the all the CVSs <laughs> that are not working anymore. Are you, yeah. you know what I mean? Are you okay? Uh, <laughs> like abandoned. Did you just like, have a stroke? <laughs> no. <laughs> all the abandoned like you know stores on the side of the road that have their emergency lights on still all through the night for like years well this was in 1900 <laughs> no I'm making a point about wasting our energy this is the first CBS. <laughs> I'm making a point about our energy being wasted alright and the reason we know getting back to my story um, not my the bad. not the environment <laughs> who wants to talk about that anyways no <laughs> <laughs> what a misnomer. Okay. <laughs> oh, I'm the one who gets the... <laughs> so the reason we know about a lot of these ghost sightings is that Millie um, would write novels under the pseudonym Andrew Mary uh, about these things that she was seeing. And she oh, wow. would change all the names, but people who were close with the Darbys knew that she was writing about her own personal experiences. Mm -hmm. And the thing that really freaked her out the most um, was what she would call the elemental. And later in, oh, by the way, so Jonathan found out that Mildred was writing these, these novels and he hated that. They had a very strange relationship. They like, like Jonathan really disliked all this stuff that Millie was doing. And I think Millie kind of probably felt a little more encouraged to do more of that stuff the more that Jonathan disapproved. They had, they had a lot of conflict in their marriage. But the thing that really freaked her out the most was what she called the elemental. And later on, um, when she was just writing about her direct experience, not in the novel, she wrote um, the following. So I'm going to read that, read um, a couple passages. So this is about the first encounter. She says, I was standing in the gallery, gallery, looking down at the main floor when I felt somebody put a hand on my shoulder. The thing was about the size of a sheep. Thin, gaunt, shadowy. Its face was human, to be more accurate, inhuman. Its lust in its eyes, which seemed half decomposed in black cavities, stared into mine. The horrible smell, 100 times intensified, came up into my face, giving me a deadly nausea. It was the smell of a decomposing corpse. So that was her first encounter with the elemental. Oh, wow. All right, now this is a passage describing the last encounter she had with the elemental. Um, and I particularly like this one because it talks about her husband also uh, seeing this ghost. And remember, her husband hated all of this. He thought this was all a bunch of tomfoolery. All right, so she wrote, while stressing, I was startled by a loud yell of terror, stricken male and female voices coming apparently from the hall and ran out to see the cause. My husband was out ahead of me at his heels. I passed through corridor of the wing and onto the gallery. On the gallery, leaning with hands resting on its rail, I saw the thing, the elemental, and it smelt only too well. 
At the same moment, my husband pulled up sharply about 10 feet from the thing and half turning, let fly a volley of abuse at me, ending up, and this is what he said, dressing up a thing like that to try and make a fool of me. And now you'll say I've seen something and I have not seen anything and there is nothing to see or ever was. So they both run into the hallway, see this ghost, and her husband immediately turns around and just starts yelling at her saying, you, you like are trying to to trick me with this one and I don't appreciate it. Yeah, that. he thinks that she just made a ghost. Yeah, exactly. Because people do that. Yeah, you know? yeah. He was kind of a real, you know, he was mansplaining it, that ghost. He her. was a mansplainer for sure. They have he's just being a man. He's all right. He's just a man. <laughs> Anyways, um, so then she goes on to say this last speech without a pause begun. Uh, so her husband begun waving one hand at the thing uh, and ended up. S well, OK, sorry. Deep Typo breath. in this passage. Deep breath. OK, so her husband starts waving a hand at the thing and the thing ended up stalking back to his dressing room. Oh, no, no, no. He he was waving his hand at the thing and he. The husband, Jonathan, started walking back to his dressing room, still abusing Millie for trying to give him a fright. Uh, As he was speaking, the elemental grew fainter and fainter in its outliness until it disappeared. He never made any inquiry as to the yell that called us both out. And from that day to this has not mentioned the incident to me. So he's still yelling at her, walking away. And as he's doing that, the thing is just literally vanishing before her eyes. You know, if this was a movie, that thing would have killed him. You right. Know, he would have died by that elemental. Yeah. That's fascinating. Yeah. What is the name? Does it have the name of the book that she wrote? Um, you know, it, I did not uh, find a name of the book, but what I, was the pen name again? Andrew Mary. Interesting and it's to read. M e r r y. Okay, very cool. Now the Darbys—they were not very popular among the the uh, people living around the castle, um, and event like uh, they had a lot of tenants who were having trouble paying their rent. And so they were just like, you know what? We're just going to start throwing bricks and shit through the, their windows. What? Right. So the, the Darby's were like, we need to get out of here for a little bit. So they took a, an extended leave of absence. This was in 1922. And while they were gone, um, some members of the Irish Republican army broke into the castle, uh, tore up their furniture and set it all on fire and burned down the castle. What? That's wow. Yeah. So um, it so the castle just kind of laid in like some burnt up ruins um, from 1922 until 1974, where it was bought by some Australian guy who wanted to restore it. And he, he did restore it. Um, but what really gets me is during this time when the castle was in ruins, people would still report seeing that light coming from the chapel mm. from the bloody chapel uh. even though it had been deserted no it was burned down so and there's you know a lot of uh, apparently from what i've read there's there were several eyewitness uh, reports of this light. Wow. So really weird. It's stuff a very going on. haunted castle. Yeah, apparently. Wow. Um, and now it's restored and people can go see it. And people still to this day will call and report 
this light. Now, maybe the guy who owns it now and restored it, maybe he just like leaves the light on every now and then to fuck with people. Yeah. Well, that was a lot of fun. We got Good to stuff. hear about witches and gnomes and, and men who don't understand things beating up their <laughs> wives and retreating into a room and staying yeah. silent the rest of their lives. Wow. Happy St. Patrick's Day. <laughs> Happy St. Patrick's Day. Truly the meaning of the holiday. Oh my God. <laughs> well, toxic, we. Toxic, toxic. <laughs> <laughs> we hope you guys have enjoyed this special episode it was a lot of fun to put these stories together for you all and don't forget to rate review and subscribe to the podcast until next time i'm noah daniels i'm jj mccrable and i'm i'm always going to do that and then you do it Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Martha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts.